The diamond I Empathy Museum presents A Mile in My Shoes. These shoes are bright red leather. They have stitching all around the side and a buckle over the foot. You can see where the foot would have been for years of wear. They look like very comfortable shoes. These shoes belong to Anna Jo Garcia Haynes. This is her story. Well, I think Anna Jo Haynes is a product of this incredible city. I was born on the what is now the Auraria campus, and I can walk to the spot where my place where I was born used to be. I moved from there at probably the age of three to Northeast Denver. And I have lived in Northeast Denver my entire life. My father was 55 when I was born, and it was right at the tail end of World War II. He ran a uh, employment agency in the old Tabor uh, Hotel, and as people, the soldiers were coming back from the war, there had to be enough jobs to help them be employed. And um, even though he could have helped them, uh, he was not able to keep his job going. And so he became unemployed. And um, that was a difficult time in our lives because there were five of our siblings. So eventually, in order for us to survive, uh, my father had to leave the family and we lived on public assistance for a good many years. All of us had Victory Gardens, I remember that. It was to make sure that you had enough food. And so they called them Victory Gardens because it was related to the war, so they asked us all to grow gardens. And so in everybody's front yard there was a garden, so we grew up knowing that that's what you do. You just have a garden and you eat out of the garden. We had tomatoes and cucumbers and lettuce and corn and, I mean, there was just everything. And everybody had what you call the victory garden. And most of the things we did in school was to help the war effort. We were all considered a part of that. So it was like, you felt like you sort of belonged to something that was really important. So those gardens were very important. My mother also uh, worked, even though she wasn't supposed to because of the, the uh, assistance and so forth. So um, my older sister stepped in and she was just like my mother in terms of everybody was welcome. Uh, we were constantly moving by the way, it, just like people are today who don't have enough money to really make ends meet. And so we moved a lot whenever there was a place that was a little bit better and maybe a little bit cheaper so I could take you to places all over Northeast Denver where I lived as a child. But it was, it was interesting and fun. And the good thing about it is I didn't know that I was poor necessarily. Um, I, it was, I had a wonderful childhood. I had a great experience in the schools I went to. And um, the neighborhoods were very um, 
close-knit and the teachers lived in the neighborhood. In the school where I went to elementary school, the janitor and his family lived in the school. Teachers lived nearby and uh, they were honored. They were, they were just honored. Teachers, you know, everybody thought teachers were incredible, unlike today. Um, so it was, it was um, a good life, um, even though there wasn't very much uh, income in the family. We still were able to get through. So I think I'm a product of knowing that there are a lot of people who live like that and still live like that. And I was determined as I grew older to want to try to do something uh, to be helpful to people who lived in that kind of a circumstances. So I went to uh, Mitchell Elementary, I went to Cole Middle School, and then went to Manuel High School and got a good scholarship from Manuel and went to uh, Colorado Women's College. I, I went on a scholarship, so I knew that, you know, somebody was helping to pay for me. And somehow, deep in there, there was a place for saying, you know, how do you give back? You know, how do you, how do you give back to that community? So, um, and then I went to work for the city, and I worked in Parks and Recreation. I worked there, and then um, I, I had four more children, very close together, and um, became sort of the person who not only took care of my children, but of the children in the uh, community, people who were teachers and so forth, and wanted me to care for their children. Mm -hmm. And I did not know that I was doing that against the law, that there was actually a law that you had to be licensed. Somebody came knocking on my door and said, are, are these all of your children? And they all look so different. I said, no, they're not. You know, Four of them are, but the others are not. And um, so I said, when she told me about it, I said, oh, well, great, I can do that. That's not a problem. So I got licensed, and I did that for a little while, not very long, because then along came the Head Start program, and I got very started in the Head Start program, and I think that's kind of where I ended up knowing that this is what it's what I was supposed to do, you know, uh, just making sure that I was helping with the little kids and that the mothers could go to work. My life has been different in that I knew what I wanted to do and the kind of work I wanted to do. I never dreamed that the kind of work that I would do would thrust me into leadership in a way, you know, to being a voice for the children in this city and in this state. I never would have dreamed that. Um, but yeah, I remember um, belonging to the Congress of Racial Equality because I, I had to in order to make sure that my kids were going to be treated effectively. So I walked every picket line there was and I eventually became the, the uh, chair of the Congress of Racial Equality. And we did incredible things in Northeast Denver to educate people about what their rights were and so forth. And so um, I kept that when I went to work for Head Start and as I began to work in the political arena, I just remember, you know, as a youngster, um, how important it was to reach out and, uh, and be inclusive. And, um, but I didn't dream that, you know, what I would do would eventually become 
as important as it was for then the, the young kids and the young families in the city. The thing that keeps me going is that I visit the neighborhoods where I grew up with my grandmother on the west side, my grandmother who spoke not a word of English, not because she didn't understand it, it was because she said, I'm, I want to speak Spanish. And I remember going to elementary school and we weren't allowed to speak Spanish or we couldn't tell them what we ate. You know, in a sense our culture was taken from us and I was determined that I was going to keep it. So I spent the majority of my life trying to make sure that people had a fair chance, just a fair chance. Because if you gave them a chance, they could do it on their own. And so I think that any of the work I've done has been to that effect, to say, you know, every chance you get, take it. You know, don't be afraid, you know, stand up, be courageous, and, and move forward. Anna Jo's story was produced by the Denver Office of Storytelling. Her shoes are part of a growing collection of footwear hosted by Empathy Museum's A Mile in My Shoes exhibition. The, moment we the shoes and stories come from all over the world. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram to find out where we are going next.